Father's house, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 21, and I'm going to be reading from the Amplified today just simply because I love this translation. It's a translation from the original manuscripts. It's really good. It just really brings emphasis on what I want to say this morning. And let me just say, I love this church. I love these people. And uh, I just want you to know, I'm here to serve. The greatest among you have to be servant of them all. You know, we got to serve one another. Amen? Amen. John chapter 21, verse 15, if you're there, say amen. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do with total commitment and devotion? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you with deep personal affection as for a close friend. And Jesus said to him, and feed my lambs. And again he said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with total commitment and devotion? And he said unto him, well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, then shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep personal affection as for a close friend? He asked him this time. Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time. He said, do you really love me with a deep personal affection as for a close friend? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. With a deep personal affection for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. What I want to preach on this morning, the title of my sermon is the love motivation. The love motivation. Everybody that would, I just need your help this morning. I just pray that God will just anoint me to preach his word. Would you do that for me? And pray that God will anoint your ears and your heart to hear the word. Let's pray. Father, in God, holy name of Jesus Christ. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to come. I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word. Lord, help me to speak the truth in love and humility. Let my speech be always with grace and seasoned with salt. And I pray that we will not just be hearers only, but that we will be doers of the word. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Now, context is always important in the word. It's always context over content. You need to know the context first before you understand the content of the scripture. Jesus had risen from the dead. He had appeared to the disciples at the Sea of Galilee. After that Jesus had died, Peter said, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to my former life. I'm going back to what I once knew. I'm going back to what's familiar. I'm going back to my old life. And then what happened? All the other disciples said, well, we're going with you too. Peter had influence. Peter had sway. He, he ended up becoming a great apostle of the Lord. But he was shaken at this point in time in his life. 
To the point that he went back, not to a certain degree, Peter was backslidden in this condition that he was. He went back to his former job, to his former life, to his former way of doing things. And it's here that Jesus visits him again. And he calls out to them to come to the seashore. Peter was very zealous so much he dove in the water and he swam to the shore. And they had a meal together. They fellowshiped. And it was here, Jesus knowing that soon he was going to go back to the Father and he wasn't coming again for a very long time. And it's here he wants to know, Peter, what is your motivation? Why are you doing what you're doing? Before Jesus left the disciples to carry on the ministry that he began, that he gave his life for, he wanted to know, Peter, what's your motivation? Do you love me? And the word that Jesus used here was the word agape. God's kind of love. An unselfish love. A love that they talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. A love that's not jealous. A love that's not envious. A love that's not self-promoting. A love that is sacrificial. A love that endures hardness as a good soldier. A love that endures all things and always prefers your brother. He said, Peter, do you love me with that kind of love? Peter said, well, Lord, you know I love you. But I love you with phileo, that friendship kind of love. That's the kind of love I love you with. But Jesus said, that's not what I'm asking you, Peter. I want to know what's your motivation. Do you love me or do you just love the miracles? Because when times got hard, you denied me. You see, hardship reveals who we really are. See, when trouble comes, how you respond to that is God's laboratory to mold you into his image. I don't know about you, I don't always respond well to everything that happens to me. And in that time, that's when God says, Joe, what's your motivation for loving or serving me? And I get a check in my spirit. Why do you do what you do? Do you just love the miracles? Because when times got hard, Peter, you denied me. Or do you love me for your influence over the other disciples? Because they all followed you when you left and went fishing. Is that what you love? Do you love the stage? Do you love holding the microphone? Do you love everyone watching you sing and everyone watching you play an instrument? Is that your motivation? Jesus is saying, do you love me? Do you love me with agape? What is your motivation for singing? What is your motivation for serving? What is your motivation for preaching? Is it the love of God? Is it that you are so in love with Him? That you are so messed up because of where He brought you from? That you feel indebted that every heartbeat that you have, every breath that you take must be done in the service of a God that died for you. What's your motivation this morning? Do you love me or just the ideal of me? Because when your true devotion was tested, you ran from everything I taught you. Do you love me? 
The love motivation this morning. What motivates you to do what you do? Ask yourself that this morning. I'm amazed at how unself-aware people are today. I'm, I'm amazed that I, some people can't hear themselves talking. Are you amazed by that? I'm amazed that some people can't stop talking. I'm thinking, do you hear yourself? Do you hear what's coming out of your mind? Can you say that out loud? That opinion you have. Have you ever said it out loud and then thought, huh? Or do we just open our mouth and spew out stuff without ever thinking of it? Like Peter did. Oh, you come to get Jesus. Well, let me tell tell you something right now. I'm going to cut your ear off. That's what Peter was. I got a little bit of that in me. I have to fight it all the time. Because I grew up in Wallens Creek. I grew up with a chip on my shoulder, and I grew up fighting for everything I had to have. I've been sent to reform schools with 500 other young men, and I had to fight for everything that I got. Everything, every day of my life. I've been in, I've been in 75 fights in my life. I had to fight for everything. So sometimes my first reaction is if you, you know, get on my, I bow up on you a little bit. How many knows that isn't the right way to do things? Right? So that's when God puts me in the laboratory and exposes me to things that make me want to do that. Then he says, wait a minute, what's your motivation? I check myself. Jesus says, you can't kill people, Joe. You can't do that. You talk to yourself out loud. Sometimes I use sarcasm with myself. Something will happen, I have these horrible thoughts. Somebody will cut me off in traffic. Before I know it, in my mind, I've run them off the road, and I'm killing them. And then I say to myself, okay, that sounds like a logical thing to do. Let's just kill the guy that run me off the road. Yeah, that's what I'll do, devil. That makes total sense. Right? What are you doing? I'm thinking about what I'm actually, the devil is trying to get me to do, right? I'm too real for y'all, ain't I? Y'all feel this way. You just don't ever say nothing. Come on now. Let me talk to your husband or wife for a minute. Let me find out. Let me tell you something. If somebody lived in our closet for two weeks, wouldn't nobody come back to church. Amen? Who are you really at home? Because that's who you really are. Amen? See, we put on a good show when we come to church. Nobody knows what we're going through. Nobody knows what kind of week you have. We come in here, we throw our hands up, and we praise the Lord, and we go home, and we go back to the same mess. I think it's just time we get real. Amen? I'm going to. I don't care if you do or not. This is me. Love me or hate me, this is me. Okay? Now, before you can be a follower of Jesus, you got to be in love with him. Not the love of a friend. You see, we're not friends of God. We are the children of God. We're not servants. We're not slaves. We receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We are the sons and the daughters of God. You know, I don't treat my friends like I treat my son and my daughter. You see, when I die, you don't get my inheritance. They do. You don't walk in the authority that I give them. They do. I don't love you like I love them. And God is your father.
brother today. You are not his slave. He is not your taskmaster. Do you love him with agape love? Whereby you can cry, Abba, Father. A word the Jews would not even use. They would not even say, Abba, Father. Until Jesus came along. And he began to say the word, Abba. Because he was the Son of God. But we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Daddy. Hallelujah. Daddy. Not my not my taskmaster, not my dictator, my father. What's your motivation this morning? Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, I'll be honest with you. There's times, you know, I've worked really hard to establish some of the things that I've done. A coffee shop that we have. This is teetering back and forth. I'm going to put the lid back on. The coffee shop we had. I've killed myself. I've, I've went down there at midnight working. I've sacrificed. I probably lost my last job building that coffee shop. I took three weeks off of work, and I work on commission. Didn't make anything. Got in a rut. Never did get out of it. Killed myself. Prayed. Fasted. Had to believe God for miracle after miracle after miracle. Not one person has ever said thank you. Not one person has ever come up and said, I appreciate your sacrifice. Not one person has ever said, man, this is really, uh, thank you. And there's times I think about that. There's times when I'm sweeping the floor when people's come in and they throw their stuff down maybe. And I I get mad. I tell you, you can't do this to my coffee shop. Then I realize it ain't my coffee shop. And I ask, so why am I doing what I'm doing? Did I do it so people would say thank you? Did I do all of this so everybody say what a great guy I am? Joe, what's your motivation? What's your motivation for doing this? Was it really to reach people with the gospel that would never come to church? Is it really to pray for people that will never walk in your church up to the altar and be anointed with oil? Is it really to put your arm around people that don't know me? Or do you just want other people to see you? And it's at that time I realized, yes, God, that's my motivation. It's for that reason alone. God, forgive me for even thinking that. None of y'all ever deal with that, I'm sure. But us humans do. Let's look at Revelations chapter 2. I'm going to try to get done as soon as I can. I think it begins at verse 2. I'm not sure here. I wrote it down so I could see it. To the angel, the divine messenger of the church of Ephesus, write, write this down. These are the words of the one who holds firmly the seven stars, which are the angels or messengers of the seven churches in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. I know your deeds and your toil. You work hard. You do a good job. You're patient and and endurance. And that you cannot tolerate those who are evil. We're real good at that, ain't we? One reason I got rid of social media, but we can't tolerate, can't tolerate that, can we? We love to talk about how we hate sin, don't we? We love to talk about everything that's wrong, don't we? we? We're good at it. The Lord's pointing it out. You done, you done good. You hate what's evil. Call it out, even. Put it in your Facebook status. Tweet it. 
And you have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles or special messengers, personally chosen representatives of Christ. And in fact, they are not. And have found them to be liars and imposters. And I know that you who believe are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. And that you have not grown weary of being faithful to the truth. But I have this charge against you. That you have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. So remember the heights from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand, the church, its impact from its place unless you repent. Yet you have this to your credit that you hate the works of corrupt teachings of the Nicolaitans that mislead and delude people, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant the privilege to eat the fruit from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. This church sounded like they had it going on, didn't they? They're patient, enduring. They've pointed out the imposters, you know, They're not ashamed to stand up for the truth. But the problem is, the Lord says, I've got something against you. Your motivation's all wrong. Your motivation is all wrong. Peter said some people forget that they were once cleansed from their old sins. We forget what a sorry, rotten, low-down, dirty dog we were before we got saved. And we get so self-righteous, don't we? We get so self-righteous in the church. We love to point out everybody's faults and failures. But did you point that out with love? Did you go in the spirit of meekness to restore such a one? Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Did you consider yourself that time that you blowed it? Did you consider that time that you messed up the same way they did? But yet God forgave you. Is God's grace sufficient for you? Shouldn't it be sufficient for them? I've got somewhat against you. You've left your motivation. You know, the commandments have to do more with how we relate to each other than even we relate to God. And in grace, if you look at grace, Jesus said, I'm not just looking at what you do. I'm looking at your heart. It's not enough. If you hate in your heart, it's the same as murder. If you lust in your heart, it's the same as adultery. Jesus is more concerned with why you do what you do than why you do it. He's more concerned with your motivation than the fact that you actually do it. Why did you get up and come to church this morning? Was it out of motivation to love? It's not me every Sunday. It's not me. Does everybody get up? And skip through the house. Listen, Lionel Richie obviously never took kids to church. It's not easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> Sunday morning is not always easy at my house. And if you got kids, you know that, right? It's not easy. I mean, it, you, you, you'll have to 
you got to wrestle your kids down to get them to do stuff and brush your teeth and, and you fight in a, in a vehicle all the way to church and you scream and yell at each other and you, you tell your kids you're going, you brought them into the world and you're going to take them out. And you, I'm telling you right now, this is it. And then you step out of the car. Don't we? Right? It's not easy like Sunday morning. Nothing easy sometimes about coming to church and doing the things that we do. So you might ask yourself, well, how do I know I love the Lord? You ever ask yourself tough questions like that? Do I really love the Lord? Why do I do the things that I do? John 14, chapter 15. Let me read just real quick. I promise I'll be done in five to ten minutes, okay? Jesus said, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Now, notice what he said he do when you obey. I want you to notice this. And he uses a conjunction. What's conjunction do? Remember, conjunction, junction, watch your fucks. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of it. Conjunction ties things together, right? So when he says, and, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. And, here's what I'm going to do, is what he said. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. If you keep and obey my commands, I will ask the Father to give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains in you continually and will be in you. If you keep his commands and you love one another and you obey, he will send the Holy Spirit to help you. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I won't leave you comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. On that day, when that time comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. That's how you know you love the Lord. Are you keeping his commands? Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. Hold on, kids. Here's a big one. Thou shalt honor your mother and your father, that your days may be long on the earth. Thou shalt not murder. What's that? Hating your brother in your heart. Thou shalt not commit adultery. What is that? Lusting in your heart. That's how you know you love the Lord. Do you love the more the Lord more than you love the sin? Do you love Him more than you love fornication, adultery, lying, stealing, cheating, coveting? You see, if you love the Bible, see, if you love the Lord and depart from evil. How many's listening to me out there this morning? I'm, this is on, ain't it? Y'all listening? I'm telling you the truth this way. I'm sorry. I'm not that preacher. You all know that by now, and you, I keep coming. Okay? I'm not that preacher. I want to help you this morning. 
I want to help you. It doesn't do us any good to come in here and fall on the floor and run and shout and have a big time and go out the door and act like we don't even know Jesus. Because the world's watching. Judas, not as scared, asked him, Lord, what has happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word, my teachings, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. You ever notice that when you got sin in your life, the presence of God usually isn't around? I have. And you start longing for that. So what do you got to do? Maybe you're here this morning and you think, man, I feel a million miles away from the Lord. I feel like that God's a million miles away. I'd love for Him just to feel His presence, obey His commands. Get your heart right with the Lord. Repent. Turn from evil and do good. One who does not really love me, does not keep my words. And the word, the teaching which you hear is not mine, but is the Father's who sent me. Do we really love the Lord? What is our motivation? What is our motivation to preach? You know, I, I remember I left my job at Operation Unite. You know, best job I ever had. I literally got paid by the federal government to preach. Now, tell me another person that ever had a job like that. That's what they told me to do. I was called the faith-based community coordinator. And I, got, I traveled all over the 5th Congressional District, meeting with churches, pastors, you know, senators, judges, law, you name it. I met with everybody in the world. God called me out of that. To go full-time in a ministry I created called Lifeline, which is, a, which is an aftercare group, like a 12-step group, things like that, people life-controlling problems. And my pastor told me, he said, I can pay you $500 a month. That's all I can give you. That's about one-thousandth of what I'm making now, but okay, God told me to do it. But I found myself in a situation of feeling like if I go preach tonight and I don't get an offering, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can eat. Can I, can I be real? If, if I go over here and I don't get an offering, if I travel all this way and they don't bless me for coming and preaching, and believe it or not, people do that or tell you they forgot, something like that. And I found myself in this position that I didn't like being in. I thought, I don't want to depend on nobody to make sure my kids eat. I don't want to depend on nobody, whether or not you're listening to God or not, whether or not I can make my mortgage payment. So God spoke to me one day and said, Joe, go back to work. Support your family. Here's your mission field. So what am I telling you that for? Because I began to see my motivation wasn't only preaching the gospel. It was, I need to preach the gospel because I need to eat. I need to preach because I've got a car payment. 
I need a revival because I've got a bill to pay. This is too real for y'all, ain't it? So I said, God, I want my motivation to be you and only you. I don't care if they give me an offering. I don't care if I pay my own way. I don't care what happens, God. I'll earn my own way. My work is my ministry. I'm in the insurance ministry. I've led more people to the Lord on my job than I have in this pulpit. What's your motivation this morning? I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 22. Let me see women. Can somebody say praise the Lord or something? Throw something at me. Do something. I don't know. Can you say praise the Lord? Can y'all receive this this morning? Why is this important? Am I I here saying you don't love the Lord? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. The Bible says to stir up your pure mind by the way of remembrance. We've got to remember why we're doing what we're doing. There is a whole world out there that does not know this God that you know. You know that God that saved you? You know that God that delivered you from addiction? You know that God that showed up in your life when you thought there was no way in the world that you were going to make it? You know that God that you love because he changed your world? They don't know him. And they're never going to know him if we are not motivated by love to reach them. And if we can't do it here, let's close the doors and go to the house and do it there. Hello? This is not where it happens. If all you are is a Sunday Christian, you need to check yourself. Do you know your neighbor's name? Who lives across the street? What's their name? What's their kid's name? What are they going through? Do you know? Your co-workers. What are they going through? Do you, do you know? What's going on in their kid's life? Have you spent five minutes to find out? Have you? But no, we break our necks to come to church. We jump in the car, 70 mile an hour, passing 5,000 lost people on the way here to worship a God that we say we're madly in love with, but we can't open our mouth and tell nobody about him. Listen, if you can't witness in English, don't pray in tongues. It's me too. Amen? You know what I started doing on Wednesday night? I don't go to church on Wednesday night anymore. Because I had a neighbor. I've told you all this story. I was an alcoholic. And I went over to his house one day to complain. I was going to let him have it. Kind of scared of him, to be honest with you. I think he kills people. He's a a bad dude. I was getting my courage up walking over there. I was thinking about what I was going to say to him. I was going to talk to him in love. And the Lord told me. He spoke to me. He said... You've lived here five years. You've never once been in this house. And the only time you're going over, you want to complain about something. So that's where I spend my Wednesday evenings. Except now I mentor a young man, 13 years old. His dad died of brain cancer a couple years ago. My time's better spent with him than it is here. I don't know. You super spiritual people may not believe that. But I've got a kid that's angry that his daddy died. 
angry and having suicidal thoughts. And I told his mom, I said, just let me hang out with him. Just let me spend time with him. That's the most important couple of hours I spend of my life. Because this kid's not angry no more. Amen. And I don't spend my time trying to fix him. I'm just there. And when he needs to talk, he talks. And I listen. And when he wants to shoot basketball, we shoot basketball. And when he wants to play some video game that I have no idea how to play, I play it anyway, and he kills me, and he rubs it in. And it's getting on my nerves. Because I'm competitive too. But I beat him at horse the other day and got in a car and left. Take that. That's right. Matthew 22, verse 34. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced or muzzled the Sadducee, they gathered together. All right, guys, huddle up. We got we to gotta get him. One of them, a lawyer, an expert in the Mosaic law, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And we got him now, guys. Jesus replied, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is unselfishly seek the best or hire good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. You see, the Pharisees got together and selected the expert in the group. He was the most religious of all of them. He was an expert in the law. They wanted to use the law to offend or injure. But Jesus said, you're missing the point. It's about love. John 1, 14 said, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among them, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth or without deception. Grace and truth. See, sometimes we're either all grace or all truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. There's a balance. Some people, it's all grace. I don't worry about it. You can do whatever you want to do. Anytime you want to. Jesus died for your sins once and for all on the cross. It doesn't matter that you sin. It's okay. It's not okay. There's grace and truth. Truth is if you don't repent and turn from your sin, that you'll go to hell. That's what the Bible says. But we want to give people all truth sometimes and no grace. Yeah, but just like those guys out, the law says this. The Bible says this, bless God. The Bible says this, but yeah, are you speaking that in love? We got to have grace and truth. John 1, 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and and truth. So let me ask you something today. What's your motivation? Why do you do what you do? Your job. Why do you go to your job? Why are you a mom or dad? Why, why are you a, a minister, a singer, a teacher, deacon, president, whatever you are? Why, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are we motivated by love or by something else? Are we motivated by the agape, the unselfish love of God? 
or something else. Let me tell you, it's easy to get there, ain't it? It's easy, man. It's easy to get in the flesh. I don't know about you, but I have not arrived yet. I know that shocks some of you. I know, to kind of take a minute to let that soak in. I'll give you a minute. But I've got flesh too. And sometimes I don't, I don't like my attitude. Sometimes I just don't like, sometimes I just, I, I just feel like a lousy father. Anybody else ever feel that way? I, I mean, I just feel like, my, you know, why am I even trying? I'm, I'm terrible. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I get on my kids when I shouldn't. I have to go back and ask forgiveness. You know, I'm getting mad and I shouldn't. Why do we do the things that we do? We all, we've all got flesh, guys. So I want to encourage you this morning. Right now, everybody that would, let's stand. They want to come to the music. You know, sometimes we get like the disciples and we start jockeying for position. When it comes, becomes all about this, then we're missing it. We're missing it. And I don't know, I've been here I don't know how many times and I preach this way every time I come. And everywhere I go, I preach the same thing because this is the heart of the Father. Jesus, Bible says, God so loved the world that He gave his only son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's love. We make it all about something else. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it's all about love. God's love. So right now, everybody close your eyes. Right now, I want us to just look inward for a minute. I want us to talk to the Lord as Daniel begins to just play something softly. I want us to say, Father, check my motivation. Father, let it start with me. Lord, I just pray that we would be motivated by love. I pray that we would be so in love with you like our first love. Remember that. Remember how that when you first got saved, you were so in love with God, you couldn't even be offended. You remember that? Boy, it didn't last long, did it? Remember that you were so in love with Jesus. You was like me. That I went down to the, to the only little blinking line in my town, and I stood in the middle of the road, and I told everybody that came through, I stopped traffic, and I began to tell them what Jesus did for me. Why? Because of the love. I was baptized in love. The night I got saved, I could feel liquid love being poured all over my body, and it washed all of my sins away. God, so you remember that? Remember how motivated you were to witness? How motivated you were to serve, how motivated you were to love and, and do good and show grace to those around you. Father, we pray today that we would be so motivated by love, that we would fall so in love with this county, so in love with these people. Father, help us love these people that are hard to love. God, we look at their destructive behaviors. They abandon their children. They steal from their neighbors. God, they're just morally bankrupt. And we look at that sometimes and we just get angry at it. And we just get sick of these people in our community. God, forgive us. Help us see them the way you do.
Help us to be motivated by love. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's just worship for a minute. Can we worship for a minute? Come I mean really worship. I don't remember. I don't mean to stand there and look like you're worshiping and listen to me. I mean, can we really worship Jesus just for a couple of minutes? Two minutes. Two, give God two, two minutes right now, the very best you got. Can you do that? Two minutes. Jesus, check my motivation, Lord. Father, forgive me. Forgive me because sometimes my motivation is it's wrong. Sometimes my motivation is about me first. Father, forgive me. Check me, Holy Spirit. Help my motivation to always be love. Always preferring my brother or my sister. Father, help my motivation to get right. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to our hearts today, Lord. Motivate us with your love. In the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. Can we please? Come on, just a couple minutes. Can you do that for me, please? Come on. Father, we worship you. If you would like to know more about Our Father's House and upcoming events, log on to ourfathershouseky.org.